I'm Emma Woodhouse. I'm a two-time NCAA All-American, former Division I downhill skier, and host of the Barriers to Breakthroughs podcast. Each week, I'll get to interview some amazing and strong female athletes to discuss important topics in women's sports and what goes on inside the brain of an athlete. Perfectionism, recovering from injury, and bullying are just some of the many things that can defeat your spirits and ruin your confidence to perform. I know what it's like to feel hopeless, not knowing why you're not performing the way you want, and to feel alone thinking that no one could relate to what you're going through. Well, I'm here to change that. I'll bring these topics and stories to light and show you that you are not alone and that you can overcome those barriers to breakthrough. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode. It's your host, Emma, and today I have none other than Sophia Berea. She is a former Division I soccer player who played for my alma mater, the University of New Hampshire. During her time at UNH, she played in every single game and achieved the America East All-Rookie Team Honor in her freshman year. In this episode, we talk about many important topics athletes face during their careers and especially when they retire from sport. Sophia talks about her time at UNH where she struggled with her anxiety, body image, and perfectionist tendencies that affected how she felt about herself. Then later on, we go into how the COVID pandemic affected her career and mental health where she lost her sport and suffered depression. Sophia speaks into how she was feeling during that time where she lost motivation and how she is able to cope with those feelings today. We also dove into how she craved that external validation from coaches and people around her to feel good about her performance and how that's showing up in her post-athletic life. So many great topics in this interview, and don't worry, Sophia shares some advice from her time as an athlete things that helped her feel good about her body, and ways to show herself more self-love. I can't wait for you to listen to Sophia's story. And before we get into the interview, if you are loving the podcast or this episode, please leave a review over on Apple Podcasts and let me know your thoughts on the podcast and if you resonated with any of the guests. It would help out the podcast so much and it would mean a lot to me to know your thoughts. Thanks again for all of your support. Now, let's get into it. Yay! Welcome, Sophia, to the podcast. Hey, how are you? <laughs> I'm okay, so I'm I'm good and I'm stressed, but <laughs> you know, it's time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's that time of year, getting a little stressed out, but it's okay. I'm asking for help, going to go see someone later today. So <laughs> no, that's great. And hopefully, even this conversation can help both of us. True. True. Yeah. <laughs> I really wanted to start this off with explaining to everyone listening of how we met because I, I just think it's so funny. <laughs> I, know. I think that's the thing that I love about social media in a weird way. You, it can connect people that never seem to have crossed paths, but we went to the same university, yeah. <laughs> which yeah. is so strange. We both we're division one athletes, you a skier, I was a soccer player, and we're both Canadian. <laughs> we both went to school in the States, which is just crazy. And so I guess you just stumbled upon my account, right? Or something like that. Yeah. And so I just stumbled upon your Instagram and the caption. I just loved like everything that you were saying about how you went through depression and then how you 
um, were struggling when to work out when you retired. And so, yeah, yeah I just followed you. Cause I was like, wow, like that would be a cool person to talk to. And then you started the conversation, like, thanks so much for following me. And then I went to your personal page and realized that you went to UNH and you were Canadian. So I was like, wait, what? (laughs) I know because on my fitness page, I never said like the school or I just said that I played division one soccer, but yeah, I think that's so cool how we just met that way. But like somehow we never crossed paths. I know. Yeah. And we have similar mutual friends, I think. So it's just kind of strange how that happens, but it's cool that we got to meet this way. And yeah, it's just awesome. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I, I mean, I wasn't the most, I was outgoing in my friend group, but not with meeting other people. I was much more shy than I am now. Yeah. So yeah, that would have been cool if I like I back then, like I could have been like, Oh, like, but anyways, it's so cool that we met now. Yeah. And hopefully now we can meet up sometime considering yeah. not far at all. So. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> so. I was like, wait, why are you Toronto? Like what? <laughs> so. So funny. <laughs> okay. So we'll get into a little bit more about you. And so I would love for you to talk about how you started your soccer career. Yeah. So I played soccer my entire life. I started when I was four and loved it, played all the time. My dad got me pretty much into soccer. I mean, my whole family, we were pretty athletic family, I would say, but my dad was my coach when I was younger till I was probably about, I want to say till I started playing rep soccer, which I don't know in States, they call it something different. We call it rep. So I don't know. (laughs) They call it there. My dad coached me until I was maybe nine or 10 and started playing rep soccer. Yeah, I just, when I was nine, I played up a year on the U10 team. I would say I was always one of the more smaller players, but I was very fast. Like I, (laughs) everyone's like, who's this speedy little thing just (laughs) running around? And I just loved it. And I also was a competitive dancer, actually, when I was younger, too. But then I ended up quitting around 14 for soccer because I was like, okay, this is too much. I want to focus on this. And yeah, I played on a bunch of different teams. I played my whole life, honestly. (laughs) That's kind of how it started. Like, nothing too crazy of a story. But yeah. Yeah, that's funny. So you mentioned that people would say, oh, there's this little kid, like, playing around. and so my dad was my house league coach for a couple of years. And he only remembers this one little guy that was super speedy. Like it's always the like speedy ones that you remember. So I was this tiny little thing and funny story, actually my, so I, I always grew up and my, even at UNH, I was number two. That was my number. And the reason behind that was because when you're kids, like that's always the smallest shirt. And I always would take number two because I just was <laughs> this tiny thing, but I could run. <laughs> I just would sprint around. I was, I was that kid that would run towards the ball when like some kids would just run away. I would just, I'm like, no, I want it. I want to score. <laughs> yeah. Give it to me. <laughs> That's so cute. I actually forgot that that was a thing that the smaller numbers were smaller jerseys. Cause yeah, yeah I was always in the like, I was either six or 10. Okay. But I actually, well, I was always six. And then I had to switch 
to 10 because this one girl was like, no, I'm not going to be any other number. It's like, okay, well, I wasn't the confrontational type. <laughs> He's like, no, it's okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but I always would, like, people would ask me why number two. They're like, why are you not? I was like, yes. I always been number two. That's me. Because it's small like me. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, did you always want to compete in the NCAA? So with that, actually, I would say it. So in high school, around grade 11 is when I kind of really decided, okay, this is something I could do. I was on a team here that was really pushing that it was okay. Like let's, we're going to travel. We're going to go to schools in the States. We're going to get you guys exposure. And that's when I was like, okay, maybe, maybe I'm capable of this. Cause I feel like before I joined that team, I would have never thought I was good enough to do that ever. And we started going, we traveled almost every weekend. Honestly, I was a pretty antisocial person in high school because I was just at soccer all the time. Like I, I didn't do much else and I was gone every single weekend going to a different school, seeing it. And I, we, what was really cool about our team is we would actually not only just visit the university, but we would actually play against the team. And that was what showed me a lot of the time. Wow. Like I can compete with these girls. I'm younger. And I can play against them and actually play like pretty level with them. So that's when I decided, okay, we're doing this. <laughs> like, this is what I want to do. And I was committed to it and just was seeing all these different schools. I didn't have, I mean, you probably know as well. You're just this little fish, right? You're like, I don't know anything. I don't know what school would I would want to go to. Like there's so many. So that was, I think, a tough thing was trying to see, okay, what do I even like? Where would I want to go? I don't know. <laughs> and then actually UNH um, came out to a showcase tournament that I was playing in here, actually, which is kind of funny. Uh, all this traveling I was doing and they ended up seeing me <laughs> here. But uh, they came to a showcase tournament, uh, reached out to me afterwards and said, we, I'd love to chat with you played really well and just kind of went from there. I went and visited the school. I loved it. I liked how it was, it wasn't overwhelming. I think and at the time I was a very anxious kid and I didn't want something super big and overwhelming because this was going to be the first time I was kind of away from home. And I was like, okay, I want something that feels very safe and I can walk around and not feel too lost. <laughs> um, and I also, um, yeah, I just enjoyed the school visit. I liked the whole vibe. So I was like, okay, I think, I think this is it. <laughs> yeah. I had the same feeling. Like I, I grew up in a small town. And so when I went to this school, it kind of had the small town feel yeah. and it was so cool. Like it was such a sunny day when I visited and when people were walking around, they're all wearing UNH stuff. Yeah. And I felt like I could relate to those people. Like they all looked like me but not in a, like, they were all unique, but it was just like, everyone just, I don't know. It was just a vibe that yeah, I, it's a weird thing to try to explain to somebody because at the time, like I said, you don't even know what you're looking for, but mm. I was there and I was walking around and I was like, 
okay, like I could walk around here <laughs> and fit in. I don't know. It's just, it's a weird feeling. And then as I, like halfway through the tour, probably I was like, I think I'm going to go here. You yeah. just get this feeling that like, you know, because other schools you visit and you don't get that feeling. But this particular school, I was like, okay, I could really see myself here. Yeah. So, yeah. That's awesome. And then when you were visiting or just like the lead up to going to UNH, did you have any expectations of what it might be like? Yeah. So for the expectations, <laughs> I'm sure you can relate. I had no clue what I was walking into. I had no idea. Obviously you hear stories. Um, the, the team I was on here, I would say prepared me amazingly. I, and at the time I didn't know that, but then when I got there, I was like, wow, I was really prepared. Oh my gosh. I was a nervous wreck before going because like you're, you're hearing all these stories of people saying, oh yeah, it's like this, or, oh, this is the way it is. But you truly have no idea until you walk in that first day. Um, and the way my team prepared me, I just, my coach just, he, he had worked with so many players that had gone to the States. He just kind of knew what he was doing. And we would, the way we would train, he got us ready. He, he really did. And at the time I remember I was so nervous. I would go out with my dad to the field and I'm running the test because they send the fitness test to you beforehand. I'm like, I want to, I want to know what this is because if I don't know, and I, who knows what could happen. <laughs> and I just remember the first day preseason you walk in and you run a fitness test immediately. That's the first thing that you do. So I said, you know, I gotta, I, gotta, I gotta be ready. I was so nervous. Oh my goodness. Cause I knew it was coming. And I'm like, I have no idea how fit I am compared to these people. You really have no idea. It's just, a, it's such a nerve wracking feeling. I, I, oh, my anxiety was so, so high. <laughs> Well, thank God you knew about it. I think if I would have showed up the first day and didn't know about it and didn't actually train that much that summer, I'd be like, oh God. And I think just hearing the stories of what other girls have told me who've gone, I said, okay, I, I got to mm. run these before I, I ran them all before I, cause they give them to you beforehand, which is, I, I think was so helpful so you at least kind of have an idea, but again, still reality only hits until you get there. Like, oh, you're running them, but you have no idea what the people are going to be like beside you, how fit they are. It's, it's your, it's totally guessing. So yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine that stress. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You've talked a little bit about your anxiety before going to UNH. So talk a little bit about during your time at UNH and how you kind of handled that. Yeah. So definitely my anxiety grew up with it. I would say it really hit probably grade nine and Americans will say grade nine. I, I, at school, everybody would make fun of me for that. They're like, why are you saying grade nine, grade 10? I'm sure you heard that too. I know they're like, it's ninth grade. Yeah. <laughs> what a big difference. <laughs> So grade nine, my anxiety, I mean, that's pretty typical. I would say like just a, a lot of change, right? High school, just not great anxiety for me, but 
Um, university, definitely freshman year. I, like I said, going in, I was very nervous. I was very quiet. I didn't really want to speak at a turn. I just kind of would, I would, I would observe. I just watched everyone. I was like, okay, this is how they act as the team. This is what they do. I didn't really want to step on anyone's toes, but I also wanted to prove myself. My anxiety, I definitely, it was always present for me. It, it goes through periods of time where it's higher and lower, but yeah, I definitely, it was present all through university, but I would say probably more present in the first year is where, because it's all new. But then as I started to feel more comfortable and like I could really compete and was a member of the team, it went away a little bit, but I have that perfectionist mentality where I actually create a lot of my own anxiety and problems. If I wasn't first for something, if I didn't play the best game, I can get very down on myself and just, and I, I create a lot of my own battles (laughs) truthfully, but yeah. How did that affect you? Like having that perfectionist mentality, like how did that really, how did, how did you really like recover after each day? I will say it was exhausting. It, yeah. it, it, it was exhausting to live that way. I have memories of me even in our off-season training, right? We would do fitness tests twice a week or something along that line. I can't even remember now. But And I, I have memories of me being walking to class and being so anxious that I would throw up before. And I would just, then I would have no food in my stomach. And then have to go to a practice and run like intense fitness training because I just, all I was saying in my head is everyone expects you to be first. You you're, you're at the top all the time. What if you have an off day? Like what if you're not fit anymore? And you can just spiral into this thing. And a lot of it, like I said, it's all within yourself. It was all in my own head. I mean, definitely there was an expectation like, okay, so she's going to run a lot (laughs) because she always does. Oh, Soph's got it. Like she'll, she'll get it. Like she'll run to it. Like she always does. Right. So I think I would amplify that. Okay. They expect this of me. I have to, I have to live up or I have to be better. I can't fall short of that expectation. So yeah, it was, it was exhausting. I mean, I, well, I mean, your question, I don't even know if I answered your question. But to help with that, honestly, my, my roommate was my rock. (laughs) Like we were on, we were teammates together all the time in the first two years, lived in our tiny little shoebox of a dorm. And just, we would just talk for hours. We would rant, we would, and she helped me so much. If I didn't have her honestly through those four years, I I don't really know what I would have done, but just talking with her like at the end of each day, we would just like lay in our little raised beds and just talk. <laughs> but yeah, it was great. I, I loved her and I still love her. I, I It's hard that she's so far away now, but. Yeah, that's awesome that you could confide with someone and be really close like to your teammate. Like that's really cool that you had that. I, I mean, I had that a little later, but I was, I was a solo freshman when um, I went to school. <laughs> better (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah so you ran on an empty stomach so like (laughs) like how 
how did your body get affected by that? I ask myself that a lot. I, I look at what I did sometimes and I'm like, how did I function? How did I train at the level that I trained? I, there were times where I would feel just so tired. Like I just was so exhausted. And I mean, with my whole, it wasn't even like I was trying to throw up. I just was so anxious that it would make me physically sick before practice. If I knew we had a big fitness test that day or something like that, it just, I don't know. Like I, I sometimes think about it and I'm like, I don't know. I think what helped is I ate pretty generally healthy for the most part. I would try to make the healthiest choices I could. So I guess I was fueling my body decently well, but it, definitely wasn't enough (laughs) food, but I think I tried very hard to eat healthy so that I would at least feel a little bit better. So that's, I guess what got me through sometimes, but yeah, truthfully, I I look back sometimes and I'm like, wow, the level I was training, I truthfully don't know how I got through it sometimes. I just, it was like mind over matter. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah, I look back sometimes too. And especially on at races, I would barely eat lunch because I didn't want to overeat or like, I was also a little nervous. So I'd eat some like carrots, but like, I would just fully skip lunch and then just have a regular dinner. But like, that was just definitely not enough calories Oh no. For the whole day. <laughs> the amount that we train as division one athletes, you have to eat so much. And that honestly got in my head a lot I, because I noticed I was eating more than, than I normally ever would. And that starts to affect you. You're like, why am I eating so much? Well, obviously you know why you're eating so much, but you don't, you're like, oh no, is this gonna make me gain weight? Is this gonna And that got in my head a lot. I was like, wow, I'm eating a lot. (laughs) And it just made me kind of feel bad sometimes. And I'm sure you understand too, right? You were probably eating more than normally you would have. Yeah, definitely. And so talk a little bit more about that, of how you were feeling about your body at that point. What I noticed was... In first year, so I lived in actually the first two years, I was in residence. So that meant I would eat in the dining hall. You had a food plan and you would go and eat in the dining hall. And that I found really difficult because I would say generally I was a picky eater, but going to the dining hall, I in my head, I would just be so stressed because I'm like, oh no, is this like these aren't healthy options? This isn't. I don't want to eat this. I don't. And I started to be way more conscious of the choices I was making with food when I hadn't necessarily been before. I was very paranoid that I wasn't eating healthy and that, and that created a lot of guilt. And it's not that I wouldn't say I had these crippling body image issues, but I became more aware And a lot of people as like I talked about before, I was always very petite, very small. And there was a lot of comments made to me like, 
wow, so if you're so small, you're so, you got to eat more, you got to eat more, you got to, you got to build some muscle. You look like a skeleton. <laughs> Just comments that don't necessarily affect you that much in the moment, but then they're kind of in the back of your head. You're like, oh no, do I look, do I look really skinny? Do I, should I be eating more? Oh no, I don't want to eat more. It, it's a, it's a battle in your head. You're, you're just going back and forth. And yeah, I definitely at times was like, wow, I'm way smaller than everybody else, which at times I took a lot of pride in. I was like, okay, I'm smaller. That's I mighty and small. I love that. But at times it, it gets in your head for sure. Yeah. And, and definitely if it's repeated over mm-hmm. and over, then it's, then you really start to question yourself. Oh yeah. And I mean, what it even took for me to get to the division one level in the first place, I would have comments in my head being like, Oh, you're too small to be a center mid division one. Like you got to be next level you got to be strong. And I was, I was strong. I, I could fight my own, but yeah, I definitely, that got in my head too. At times I, I, I just was like, Oh, I, I could never play at this level because look at everybody else and look at me. And yeah, being at school too, I, I saw the way that the athletes were trained and it was a lot different than how I had ever trained here. It was a lot of weightlifting. It was a lot of building muscle. And that's not something that I had ever really done before. And that got in my head too. I remember being, I remember sitting down, having me having a meeting with my coach beforehand and saying, Oh no, like is weightlifting going to make me gain weight? Is that going to take away from my speed? Because my speed was what I needed, right? That was my thing. And I was small and that's what I, I was like, if I lift weights and I'm not fast anymore, then what? And that I remember, I remember honestly sitting in his office and saying, I'm work. I don't want to, I don't want this to take away from other aspects of my game. So I was really nervous about the weightlifting aspect of the training because I had never done it before and I didn't know what to expect really. Yeah. And that's a totally valid question, especially because yeah, you, you are, I guess in, in your opinion, like known for your speed. Yeah. Right? And so, yeah, that's a, like, that's definitely a valid question to ask. Yeah. <laughs> I remember just having <laughs> just funny stories in that weight room. I, people would look at me like, what is this girl? She is like, I just looked so out of place. I looked tired. It would be so funny if we were lifting at the same time as the football team. And I would just look around and I'd be like, what am I doing in here? I look like I just don't even belong in here. But as the years went on, I was just so proud of myself with how I, I wasn't even lifting insane weight but it actually ended up helping me because I was lifting. I was lifting properly. I wasn't going too much that it took away from other things. I said to myself, okay, I just want to get some muscle here. And I did. And it actually really helped my game. Like I would say junior year was probably my best season. I felt physically and mentally I would say I, I, that's the year I probably played my best and even was my fittest going in and the strongest too, not anything crazy, but I, I, 
I was lifting. I, I look back at what first year when I went in <laughs> compared to what I lifted in um, third year. And it was just such a difference, but it actually was a difference that helped. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome that you were able to like feel good about it. Yeah. Because I did not first. I, I honestly hated that room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hated going in there. I, every day when we had to go in there, I was like, oh my God, I hate it. I hate it in here. But yeah, by third year, I actually, I felt good about lifting. I felt good about it, which is something I never thought I would say, but I, I really actually enjoyed it. I want to talk about your senior year. And so that's when, or I guess that was the end of your junior year is when COVID hit. And so we all know that's when uh, <laughs> everything just stopped. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so how did you handle the news of everything just stopping? And uh, what did you decide to do after that? Yeah. So I, I remember the dreaded day. I remember the day where we were out of practice. It was off season. It was March. I'll never forget the day. And we were all just practicing and we were told, okay, spring break, it's going to be an extended spring break. You remember that extended extended spring break and you're going to go home and we'll go from there. It was a lot of unknowns. I mean, we were all super confused. I'm sure you remember too. And I go home. I said, okay, three weeks spring break. Here we go. And then it just, yeah, it ended up just, okay, the rest of the semester, you're not going back. And I remember being so upset because like I said to you, I remember I was the fittest I had been. I was playing the best I had ever played. And I remember just feeling like senior year is going to be my year next year. I can't wait for senior year. I'm so excited to have that proper goodbye to just give it my all. And that obviously did not happen. Um, The summer came and still a lot of unknowns. We still didn't know what we were doing because with soccer, you would always go back the beginning of August for preseason. And then you train for about two and a half weeks before school starts. And then it's your season. So our whole team had no idea what was going on, if we were going back. And then we got the news that we were not going to be having a season, um, that it was going to be delayed until the spring. And I just remember being like, my senior year is ruined. My senior year is ruined. I was really upset. And then my family and I made the decision that I wasn't going to go back for the semester, just given the circumstance, COVID at the time was real. We didn't know what was going on. It, I didn't, my family's like, if we, if you go across the border, like, can we not visit you? Can you not come back? Like there was just, we didn't know what was going on at the time. So we decided, okay, you're going to do your semester here. You're not going to go back and we're just going to take it day by day. I talked to my coach about it and obviously they understood it it was a pandemic. We have all never been in a pandemic. So we didn't, no one knew how to act. And that's actually when probably my mental health reached its lowest point. I felt so alone. I was like, I'm here. Everybody's back at school. All my friends, 
I'm just here living at home. I, I felt I couldn't, honestly, some days I couldn't even get out of bed. Honestly, I had no motivation. I lost all my motivation to work out. I was like, what's even the point anymore? And at the time I I didn't know what I was experiencing was depression. I, I, I had never, I never felt it before. I definitely had, like I said, always anxious, suffered from anxiety my whole life, but depression was a whole other battle. I had never felt that low. I, I didn't, I didn't want to be around anyone. I, I just felt a lot of anger. I was like, why did this have to happen? Why did the year have to get wrecked? And yeah, it was really hard. It was really hard. And I just felt like I had nobody to, no one who could relate to me. A, a lot of my hometown friends, like no one, no one had gone through what I had gone through. Like, that's no offense to them. It's just nobody felt how I was feeling. Cause here in Canada, that everyone was doing their stuff online at home. But I was like, I know I felt like I couldn't relate to anybody. I don't know. It was really hard. Yeah. yeah I can, I can relate to you in that sense. Yeah. I mean, it was my senior year. So the senior spring was cut Take short for me, me. Mm-hmm. but I know I've probably said this on the podcast a bunch of times, but <laughs> the race that I was like destined to do really well at was canceled. So like we were at NCAA championships and I got cut off halfway. And so the day before it was canceled and I just was, I was bawling in the shower and it was just so sad. And it was just, yeah, I felt the same way. It was like, why is this being taken away from me? All you trained for all the work you put in, it's your senior year, you're at NCAA championships and you can't do the race. Like I just, I, I know how I was feeling in the moment when I was even at just a practice and they said, yeah, like you're going to have an extended spring break. But I just, you had an eerie feeling about the whole thing. <laughs> Cause you're like, this is weird. I don't know. Will I ever be back on this field? It's just, yeah, it, it's, it's truly heartbreaking. And yeah, I can't even imagine for you just ready to do your race that you've your senior year and you just can't. It's just awful. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely really hard. And I would cry about it like months afterwards oh, too. Yeah. And so for you, at what point did you feel that you needed to find help? Yeah, it it got to a pretty dark place because I just I didn't know, even now I still struggle with this. I don't know how to process emotions well at all. I I I shut down and I, I have a lot of anger. I get very angry. I, I just felt exhausted. I was like, this is not healthy. I'm laying in a dark room for, and I just, it wasn't healthy. I, and I felt what I think that the key, I, what I really noticed was I've lost interest in all things that I used to be interested in. I hated soccer. Like I, I, I grew this hate towards it. Cause I was so angry. I was like this whole thing that I gave my life to where is like, what, what's the point now? Like it, I just had so much anger and I was like, this is not, this is not healthy for me. So I decided, and I was encouraged like through a friend too to start trying out therapy. I had tried it in the past before and I didn't really, I didn't really find it work too well for me. 
I just felt like it was a lot of me talking and not getting much from it. Um, so I tried therapy again. I did end up having a switch therapists, which I think is something actually that is really important for people to know. I just felt like I said, I wasn't really getting much from it. It was a lot of me just talking and then listening, which for some people that works. But for me, I was like, I, I, this, what's happening? Like, I'm not, I'm just talking and I, I already know I feel this, why this isn't helping. So I think it's really important for people to know it's okay to switch therapists for a while. I felt really guilty. I, I was like, oh, it's probably me. It's, it's me. I, I'm not listening. I'm not doing this right. It's, but I, I said after a while, I was like, okay, no, this, you need something that helps you. <laughs> so I switched and the switch was such a good decision. It's more, I get things that I have to do and that I have to think about. And I just find that works a lot better for me being given activities because of the the whole just talking I I find I can talk myself into a I can just talk as you probably know from this podcast I'm just talking and rambling yeah I can talk for a while but if I'm not getting something from it then I feel defeated kind of (laughs) but yeah therapy was a big one I said I gotta start going to therapy because I'm not I'm not processing the loss of this I I just don't think I ever knew or understood how big of a loss this was going to be for me. I always knew, okay, when senior year comes, it's going to be hard, but I was prepared to, I was going to get that proper goodbye. I was going to get my senior day. I was going to get that banquet where I got to have a speech and thank my family for all that they did for me with it. And I got robbed of all of it. And I just felt so angry. So Yeah. Therapy was a big one for me, for sure. I think that's super important to, to know. Yeah. That you can switch and that it's not, it's not you. Like it's, it's how you feel about the experience. Like it's not that you're doing something wrong. Exactly. And I think that's, that's something I've always struggled with in life is it's a lot. I, I crave a lot of external validation and you, you blame yourself a lot. If, if something's not going right, or if I'm like, oh, it has to be me that she's a therapist. So it has to be me. That's why I'm not, but it, no, it's, you're not, not everything's gonna always go right with one person. It's okay to switch and try and feel what's good and works for you. I think that's so important to know also in sports and in life with that validation like I've definitely felt at the beginning of going to UNH, I was craving feedback. And if I didn't get feedback, like, oh, was that a, a bad run? Or like, what what am I doing? That it was just like you're questioning yourself. Or if, if someone makes a comment like in class, like, oh, like if they have to say, well, like I said, then it's just like, oh, shoot, like I wasn't listening or something like there's yeah. just like le- these little things. Exactly. And I think I... I- I struggled with that my whole life. And it, it came, like I said, from the perfectionist mentality. If I, I could play one of the best games and if someone didn't tell me that I played well, I said, I would say, Oh, Sophia, that wasn't good enough. That wasn't it. But I subconsciously knew I played well, but I was like, Oh, no one said anything. No one noticed. So that clearly means it wasn't good enough. And that carried over into university for sure. We even, I think in my third year, we got these um, 
<laughs> these trackers that the sports bra trackers that would track everything, <laughs> it, every run, every, this, every pass, it would track it. And I mean, in my third year is kind of when actually, I guess you could say I started getting more external validation because we had those sports bra trackers, right? Like after a game, someone would say, Oh, and so Fran, this many miles, great job or something like that. But I think in a weird way, it kind of made it worse because I was like, okay, I got to get them. I got to beat this now. I got it. It made it in a weird way. It made, it made me train harder, but it made me even harder on myself because I was like, Oh, every game I got to run the most every game. And it just, it, it, like I said, exhausting, exhausting. Cause in a weird way, you're happy. You're getting that compliment, but now you're like, Oh, I got to live up to it next time. And it just, it's, it was a spiral. It really was. Yeah. Like you're constantly trying to one up yourself and trying to stay at the top. I was literally battling with myself half the time. Like obviously you're competing again with everyone, but my battle half the time was myself and wanting to beat myself, (laughs) honestly. But yeah, I mean, that's very common in sports in general is that perfectionist mentality, but yeah, it, it was definitely hard at times for sure. Yeah. And have you been able to like, now that you've noticed that it, that it affected you, like, I'm not sure. Did it, did you really notice that while you were playing or you now that you've been able to reflect looking back, like now that you notice it? That's a really good question. Actually. I I feel like I definitely always knew, okay, I'm, I train hard. I, I I have hard on myself, but you're right. Actually. I think I really noticed it when I was finished because I noticed it carry over into other aspects of my life, like craving that external validation, even in relationships with people, I noticed it in everything. And I was like, wow, I can be really mean to myself. I can be awful. (laughs) And therapy helped me realize that too. I was like, wow. I mean, yeah, that, that mentality got me to the level that I was at, but now that I'm done and finished, I saw how like empty I was. I saw how mean I could be to myself. And I was like, wow, this vet, like we, we gotta get some tools to work on this because I can't, you can't live that way your whole life. Like just trying to one up yourself every day. Like that's not, that's not a healthy way to live at all. But yeah, definitely. I think I noticed it much more while I was finished. I had weird OCD kind of tendencies when I would play. Like I, (laughs) I, I would have to like put this shoe on first. I'd have to tie it in it. Oh, (laughs) it was the same way. I was the same way. Oh my gosh, right? It's like, but you know in your head, me tying my shoe this way isn't going to make me play good today. I think it was actually a way to kind of place blame in a weird way. If I play bad, I can be like, oh, it's because I put my left shoe on. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's so, like, oh no, my God, yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, I played bad. It's because I wore a pink elastic instead of a black one. <laughs> and it just doesn't, you know, it's not rational. You know, it doesn't make sense. But yeah, I, I definitely, I had that more when I was younger. I feel like when I went to school, I didn't have access to all these things. It, I kind of 
that went away a little bit. I think when I was at home, actually, it was probably worse because I had my, my routine when I was at home before a game, I'd eat this kind of the same thing. I would do this. But then when I went to school and it all changed and I'm like, Oh, now I'm in the dining hall. Oh, I don't have access to this. Oh, I, it, it, it forced you to be like, okay, you can't, this isn't, this isn't good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I know. It's exhausting, right? Like, Totally. Yeah. I, I can relate to that heavily. And I still, I still did that when I was actually, no, I, I still kind of do it when I go out skiing, like the left foot has to be clicked in first. Oh yeah. Has to be. It has to. It has it's, to. it's, it's feels weird if it's the right foot. It- oh yeah. I would, <laughs> I would go on the field and I had, I mean, people would know I would have, I would do these jumps like to get like my pump up jumps <laughs> before the game. And I would have to be like in the right, like I would do, I think it was like, I do one, two pause and then one, like, it's just, yeah. I don't know why or where (laughs) anxiety like we know, but it's definitely an anxious tendency. Yeah. So I would love for you to talk about those tools that you were, had mentioned that like, how do you show your, your body more self-love or just your mind as well? Yeah. So with my body too, definitely want to mention this as well. Finishing school definitely went through body changes because like I said, with that muscle I gained, it all was lost. I lost weight. My body looked different. And obviously that was noticed. People would noticed and I noticed and that was hard, but I think people I just wanted to mention that. Sorry, again, this isn't really answering your question, but I just wanted to mention that because I feel like people don't realize like the body changes that happen after sport as well. And that can be really hard, but yeah, with how I show my body and just not even just my body, just in general, just how I help myself. Definitely. Like I said, therapy, talking with friends is a big one too. Um, me and my one friend, we have this, um, we call it therapy debrief where <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll talk about our therapy sessions. We're like, okay, what happened today? And I love that so much. So that's something that really helped me too. Yeah, definitely therapy debriefs. Recently, actually, I, like we talked about, I made my fitness page, which that has helped me so much. And that was actually encouraged from my therapist. I had always talked about making a page or doing something. I was like, I want, I want to talk about these types of things. I want to show my fitness routines. I I don't know. And I always would find an excuse to not do it. And my therapist said, no, like this week, your homework, you're going to make that fitness page. And I was like, I can't make the fitness page now. I haven't even prepped anything. How? And she goes, doesn't matter. Doesn't even matter. You're, you're making it. You're not going to think about it. You're just going to do it. And that's probably the best thing I could have done because I find sometimes, like I said, I can talk myself out of anything, but I was like, shoot, that's my homework. I got to do it then. And I made it not really having a plan at all. Even now I kind of I'm just kind of going with it. And I think that's actually been good for me in a weird way. It's just kind of going with something because I feel like I can just plan way too much. And I'm just like, okay, I'll post a little workout today. Oh, I'll, I'll do this. But 
I definitely want to start getting into these types of topics on my page as well. But yeah, definitely making that page helps help has helped me so much. It's even helped motivate me to work out as well. And so that's been a really healthy out, outlet for me as well. So did you mention the fitness page to your therapist or did, was that like, oh, you should start one? Like, did she suggest that or you? I, I suggested it. I, I said to her, oh, I'd love to, I don't know, do something because I'm so passionate about like sports psychology, athlete mental health. I've always talked about that kind of stuff. And I always wanted to do something with it, but I wasn't sure what to do. And I was like, oh, maybe I could make a fitness account or something. And I just kind of laughed and she's like, oh no, like that's great. Like you should. And then one week she's like, oh no, this is your homework. You're, you're making it. And then I remember being like, oh, I'm actually making it. And kind of, cause then you can start to worry, right? Oh no. Are people going to think it's dumb? Is this person going to think it's, but then you just have to be like, you know what? This is a healthy, healthy outlet for me. And it doesn't even matter about the followers to me. I just made it for a hobby truthfully and people have supported it, which like your page, which is great and awesome to see. So (laughs) thank you. (laughs) That's yeah. That's so amazing that you just, that you just went for it. I love that your therapist like helped you to push you to do it because I feel like ourselves, like, yes, we, we are motivated people, but yes, at the same time with the perfectionist, Mm -hmm. we can plan, plan, plan and never take action. And so that's awesome that you had someone that really pushed you. Yes. And that for anyone who kind of knows me knows that I can really talk myself out of things. I feel like it actually, it can be really frustrating. It holds me back a lot because I'll have all these ideas, but I don't know how to express them. And then I'm like, Oh, that's stupid. I don't, people will think it's dumb. And then you just, you, it just means it brings you down. But like you said, she just was like, no, this is great. You're going to do it. That's your homework. I want to hear about it next week. I'm like, oh shoot, now that it's homework, like I gotta, gotta give her something next session. (laughs) But no, it's been, honestly, it's been such a healthy outlet for me. It's actually made me more excited about working out again, which is, which is awesome. Yeah, that's so awesome. And so what have you learned throughout the whole process of creating the account? And what have you learned about yourself that like, has there been past thoughts that have come up or yeah. How have you been able to kind of overcome those while you're doing your page? Yeah. So definitely I I'll own it. Some past, I guess I call them, you could call them my like tendencies, right? Like I definitely am finding that as I've kind of been getting more into working out again, I'm falling back into some of my old habits. Like I'm weighing myself way more frequently and I, but it's like a subconscious thing. And I don't want to fall back into those things, but obviously we're human beings and that's going to happen. But the page, I think what's really good about it is I I want to post on the days where I'm honestly not, I don't want it to seem like I'm working out every day and I'm so perfect. And this is look at me succeeding. That's not how I'm trying to come off. Like I want to post when, yeah, today honestly was really hard for me and I actually couldn't motivate myself today or things like that too. Cause I think that's really important. Cause I think a lot of the times, even on social media, you can see, you look at these people's profiles or pages and you're like, wow, look at them. They're, they're thriving. It's so great. But obviously because people are going to post when they're doing well, no one really wants to post. Oh no, I just been crying all day. (laughs) 
But yeah, I want to share that too. I want to say, Hey, look, I'm a human being and I'm falling back into some of my old habits, but you know what? Tomorrow's a new day. We're going to try again. And I think that's really important to show as well. I want to show more of that for my own page. And I love that, that you're doing that. Like I responded to one of your stories a few weeks back. I think you were talking about how you weren't feeling good in your body. Yeah. And then I was like, this is me right now. Like, thank you for saying this. So I love that you are very open about how you are feeling yeah. because so many people can relate to it. Exactly. And I love, that's what I love. Like, I want someone to read that and be like, wow, I thank you so much for sharing this. Cause I remember when I was like a year ago at my lowest, I was just, I just didn't know how to express myself. I, I wanted to, I would read posts and be like, wow, this is how I feel, but I wouldn't really talk to anyone. So I, I, that's awesome. Like, I love when people respond or say, Hey, this really helped me or wow. Like I love this workout. Like send me stuff. Like, I just, I love it because I love like, interacting with people. And yeah, that's been like the best part of it, I would say. And like I said, the followers don't even matter to me. That doesn't matter to me. I just made it for a hobby. And if I can, make someone's day or help somebody or that's all that matters to me. And it's just so important. So. Yeah. And that's the right mentality to go into it. Like that's, that's really what's going to keep pushing you to do it. And that's going to give you the motivation because you know that this is going to help someone. Exactly. And it helped help me too. Don't, don't kid yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like it's helping me to, to work out again and it's been making me feel a lot better. And I'll even, I think I posted something the other day about this like arm workout I was doing and, it, and the caption I said on it, cause I think it's so important. I was like, you know, I pushed myself and I did 15 pounds. <laughs> and to me, that's such awesome progress. I noticed somebody else that may seem small, but it's all about you. Like it's, it's what feels good for your body. And I've had to learn that I have to do what feels right for my body. And so does everybody else. And don't try to not focus on other people and what they're lifting and what they're doing. Cause I would do that at school. I'd look around and be like, Oh my God, look at what everyone's like. I could never lift that. And it just, you got to just focus on yourself and the small improvements and progress that you can make. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I could talk to you all day, but <laughs> I, I love that. No, I can also just talk. Hours, so <laughs> feel free to cut me off whenever. <laughs> uh, that was, so that was great advice. I, I love what you said there. Is there any last piece of advice that you would give to a high level athlete who is either in college or they're getting ready to go? What, what would you say to them? Advice I would give to somebody who wants to go to play division one or whatever. I definitely, the best advice I can give is if you set your mind to something, you really can. And I mean, if you just push yourself, cause I, for a while there, I, I said, there's no way look at me. And I think if you can get the right training and you set your mind to it and you have people around you that say, Hey, you can do this. And you just prepare yourself. I think 
in that regard, I love how I said for my fitness page, oh, I didn't prepare at all. But in this case, I would say preparing is really important because you don't want to show up and feel like you're already sprinting to try to catch up. I think that's the main thing is you want to feel, you want to feel ready. You want to feel prepped. And I know that can be really hard when you don't necessarily know what you're walking into, but just doing what you can for yourself, I think is very important. If you want to play at a higher level, that's probably advice I would give on that. (laughs) And I think even just being a division one athlete, I think it's a great thing. As you know, it, it can, it feels really rewarding, but yeah, at times you can feel pretty stressed. You can feel pretty down because you're like, I have to keep up my schoolwork. I have to play at my best. I can feel, but, and it can be really hard and you can get really down. But I think just even talking with teammates is super important. Not even just teammates, just talking, making friends, talking with anybody. Or even if you don't feel like you can go to a friend, just even looking for services at the school that you can go and talk to, I think is really important because talking, even like this conversation has helped. So I think just talking it out is really helpful and not just bottling it all up. (laughs) Yeah, I completely agree. Completely agree. Thank you so much for coming on and talking. I am so inspired by your your page and just all that you stand for. And I just, I want everyone to go follow you and if they want to message you. So where can people go? Yeah. So my fitness account is at Soparea Fitness. So that's my fitness page. And then I just also have my personal account too. You can follow me there, just Sophia Barea. Message me, chat me anytime. I'm always here to talk. I love just even connecting. Like I love how we were just able to connect on this. And even though we never got to cross paths at school, I'm so glad we got to now virtually and hopefully in person sometime. Um, so yeah, that's yeah. All <laughs> we'll, we'll make it happen. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Barriers to Breakthroughs podcast. If you love this episode or want to support the podcast, please click on that subscribe button and leave a rating and review. I would be forever grateful. You can also follow and connect with me on Instagram at Barriers to Breakthroughs podcast and on my website at emmawoodhouse.ca. Thanks again for tuning in and keep on breaking those barriers to your inevitable breakthrough.